0: This week we're in awe of one actor's performance, we say hello to some older actors again and we say goodbye to our beloved Viserys. Welcome to Bastards and Broken Things. Yes, yes, hello to all the lovely lords and ladies of the realm. I am, of course, your host, Sir Len. Uh, And joining me this week is one of the fiercest ladies of the realm. Not constrained by draconian times they live in, they rise above and deliver noble and true accounts of each week's episode. It's Lady Baron. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello. Thank you for that rousing introduction.
0: Very rousing. Hmm. Very rousing. Some would say as rousing as a certain few speeches in this episode. Um but we'll get on to that. Yeah. Won't we? Don't
1: don't don't set yourself up for failure that, that soon.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh well, in talking about failure, now nah, I'm joking. I wanna I wanna thank Bronze John for uh hosting for me last week. I think he did a fantastic job. He reminded me a bit, Lucy, of Jon Snow, you know. I said, you, you're going to have to be king. And he said, I don't want it. And I, you know, but, you know, like Jon Snow, he he, he served the realm honourably. Yeah. In a way.
1: Yeah, he knows nothing, but, you know, he gave it a good go.
0: <laughs> oh, that was good, actually. Just
1: like Jon Snow.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, very good. John. thank you for hosting last week. I think you did a bang-up fantastic job, uh, you and Emma, covering episode seven, which ended up being... Uh, Bit of a mad episode, really. Where I think, off, off mic, me and Gareth gave it a five. Uh, Lucy, you gave it a four, I believe. Um, so overall, we felt it was the best episode of the season. Emma actually gave it a five as well. How are you doing, Lucy? You okay?
1: I'm okay. Yes, I've had my own uh, yeah. Viseris-like illness. Always oh, ill. Jesus. Um, which is why I couldn't feature quite last minute. Last week, mm. um, it was basically like being hungover for a week. But I wasn't hungover. But I just had the sort of rank feeling. Um, didn't didn't lose an eye or an arm, so not quite Viserys level. But yeah, not great. Um, but I'm back and I'm feeling better and I'm ready to chat about the Dragon Show. Chat
0: about the Dragon Show, an episode which featured no dragons. No um, dragons. Although that's actually not a bad thing, in my opinion. I think you know there's going to be plenty of that, that coming up in season two so just everyone chill out okay it's not a problem Mm. that we didn't see much dragons of course we're here this week to talk about episode eight titled lord of the tides obviously referring to lord corley's and his um his seat on Driftmark, and who would succeed him as lord of the tides because of course the little bloody corley's got injured didn't he um off screen i'm gonna off screen which is very interesting but i kind of like it in a way so what did we think of this week's episode i'm gonna go first lucy okay i'm gonna go first because that's the order i've written in my notes It is your yeah.
1: right as host to choose who goes when so <laughs> thanks Continue.
0: Cheers. yeah good i have talked about this on the hot take with gareth uh, because obviously we do a hot take after every episode and me and gareth give you our unsullied unresearched um, and you know, first-time viewing thoughts, and uh, we both agreed that this was the best episode of the season. For for several reasons, we we fell down on that, and I think I think it's it's Gaz put it in a way that he said the show has come to life, um, and that's not to say that. It wasn't good or even great, because if you actually look at our track record, we'd pretty much consistently given every episode four blueberries, mm. um, you know, as the season has gone on. Now, it, it, it was missing a little something, a little je ne sais quoi. Yeah, um, because there were moments where I was like, is there going to be like some five blueberry episodes in here? I'm not i don't i don't feel attached to the characters enough the time jumps aren't helping with that situation um because we don't feel you know like we're as invested or emotionally connected to the characters but i mean this episode to put it in one way had me almost in tears twice um and at scenes that i just thought things that would never ever get me feeling that way um uh, yeah, and and in, in great part, that's thanks to a fantastic performance from, um, and you always correct me on this, Lucy, because I get it wrong every time, Paddy Constadine, is that Just right? Paddy oh. Constadine. Constadine.
1: Well, I think Cons- you can say Constadine, but you always say Constantine, but I think <laughs> yeah. the people know who yeah. you mean. Different character. But yeah, um, yeah. Yes. Now yeah. you've got me doubting okay. how I say it in my mind. I'm like, what do I oh, say? Yes.
0: You're supposed to be the Paddy expert. Paddy Paddy Considine, that's what I would say. Um, He's been a total rock this season. Um, He has been the one constant, I would say, um, that has really united us as a podcast. I think across all of us, I think he has been our favourite character predominantly. And, you know, his interpretation of the series compared to that of the book is just... He's just elevated the character. Um, I, I even mentioned to Gaz in the hot take that George has even said that, like, Paddy's done an unbelievable job. Like, George said this about, and this is a bit of a weird one, but George said this about Shay in the show compared to his uh, written version of Shay. Um, and he said the same thing about Paddy. He said that he he's completely changed the way he looks at that character and he wrote that character. So that's quite interesting. Um, you know, I, I thought his last moments here were just jaw dropping. Um and it it wasn't an action packs episode, but it, it, we had a bit of a, you know, action y type one next last week, I feel personally, with like, you know, the standoff and stuff in, in, in the, the the hall of Driftmark and Vegar being, you know, tamed as it were. Um I just thought this was excellently constructed and it had very emotional moments and tension throughout. Um, it was heartbreaking to watch at times. Um, and I couldn't take my eyes off it, Lucy. So I, I genuinely believe that this is um, the best episode of the season so far. Uh, and I'm going to give it five bloobs, five whole blueberries, delicious ones, out of the fridge. Five
1: yeah. out of five, again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gads would give it the same, but he's not here. So I honour him. My my trusty squire uh, is out fetching me more wine, and to do that, he's had to go all the way to dawn. Yeah, so he'll be back next week. So don't worry about that. Okay, but he give it. He gives it five as well. Ship him back in. Uh, what do you reckon then? Uh,
1: agree. Agree with basically everything you have said. I think your sentiments are sound. Um,
0: sound of mind.
1: I give it four. I give it four blueberries, purely because for me. Um, the time jumps, again, are, are losing aspects of the quality of it for me. The aging of the children takes me out of the action because I'm thinking, well, he <laughs> looks older than him, but he looks much older than that kid, doesn't look much older than the other kid. It's making, yeah. keeping track of certain characters confusing. I think um, the Valerians, the daughters, I'm like, I don't know who that is when they're talking about different Raina names. and Bela, yep. Okay, yeah, so I'm like, I don't know. I can't really recognise. <laughs> it, it there yeah. was a scene with um is it Raynus? Who I think, yep. she's a fantastic fantastic actress, but when they were talking about people, I was like, Oh, I'm I'm losing who this is. Um we'll talk about it a bit later, I'm sure, but you're just losing character development for quite big characters, I think, because it's like six years later, okay, Rhaenyra's just pregnant again. Um, I thought she didn't want yeah. to be someone that's just popping out airs and Now she's just mum. It's like, protective mum. That's just her character, which I I think loses some of the characterisation that we got in the previous iteration, in the first five episodes. I think that um, you see a softening of Alison, which is interesting if it's genuine, but I just think, where's that come from? Because we haven't seen it. Last episode, she was absolutely such a fucking bitch. And now you you can kind of see that she's turned away from that. And it, it just, that makes it feel a bit more rushed. But everything you've said that was good about the episode, I agree with, those little things took me out of it. And I have to say, I shared it on our WhatsApp group that I'd seen a tweet beforehand that basically it was such a hyperbolic tweet that made out that this was basically Battle of the Bastards. Like it was the best thing, that some of the best 63 <laughs> minutes of TV ever shown, like all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God. And I have to admit, for some reason, that made me think dragons. I was like... This is going to be fucking dragging the okay. show down. Okay. And when it was actually quite a quiet, low-key episode in comparison to maybe the previous one, I thought, oh, what's that white? Like, yeah, it, it that it's not the show's fault that yeah. like, I saw a tweet that made me have heightened expect- expectations. No, it's um, definitely
0: the show's fault. Unbelievable. for blame the Blame the writers. Um, they made you go on Twitter. It's well, I think, I think out, the outrageous. guy,
1: I think whoever tweeted was a bit of a like corporate shill for HBO. So, um,
0: <laughs> but anyway, no, it was, it, it had
1: really strong moments. You know, I, I hope we can devote a, a proper segment to um, Viserys and Paddy because I think his performance was like this little seam of gold running through the whole show. And I've always been a very staunchly pro-Viserys um I loved his character from the start, and he—he's kind of what kept me going when sometimes it was a bit flat. Um, so I hope we can go into his performance a little bit more. But yeah, I thought it was—it was a good episode, oh, we will. and it set it up. But I feel like every every episode is like, oh, that sets it up, and then nothing really happens. You're like, oh, this this is it. This is going to really set it up. I think this re- this is it now. This really is going to set it up <laughs> for the. Uh... If this one doesn't set it up, <laughs> what then will? I'll tell you something what fucking will (laughs) maybe it's not Um, going to be set up but yeah no it was it was a very good episode like um i i think the the time hops for me um just
0: let's uh, do the time (laughs) hop again no let's not
1: let's leave it i'm hoping they're not going to do that anymore right it's gonna (laughs) these are going to be the actors we've got
0: um you don't know she's
1: not going to pop up pregnant again like
0: guys she doesn't know she doesn't know about the next time jump coming in the um, oh. next episode. No, Eight joking, years later, not, oh my God. there's, there's not unbelievable. I'll, Imagine I'll that. I'll sue, I'll quit. Hey, here's this really cool actor for Eamon <laughs> and now he's 75 <laughs> yeah. years old. The Dance of the Dragons happened, the end. Off screen. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I think this season, and I've said this before, uh, thank you for your thoughts, Lucy, I, I think this season and I've said this before, it's because this is a prologue now, it does happen in the book that you get these time jumps. One minute you're in one twenty three, one twenty four <laughs> AC, so one hundred twenty four years after Aegon's conquest, and then the next chapter is like, in the years that passed, this 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 happened uh, in the year one twenty nine AC. So you just I do you know, I do get it. Like the text, just five the text years is obviously. That go by.
1: It, as you say, it's more of a sort of um, collection of Encyclopedic events. Encyclopedic. Yeah. So they have to pad it out. Accounts. And yep. I, I actually think, it, generally speaking, it's been done well, but there's just nuances that are lost. And also some some actors have aged loads, and then others are just like, you're exactly the same. Um, mm. And it's stuff like that. Maybe you should just ignore it. But I go, oh, well, that one's that old, and that one doesn't hasn't aged at all. And then I'm not watching the show because I'm thinking about <laughs> yeah. the lack of ageing. Whereas Viserys has disintegrated into, like, the corpse bride. Well, the corpse king.
0: <laughs> Zombu. Whereas zombie.
1: Damon is just he's like, just... no, I'm still Damon's, exactly the Damon's same. Daemon's looking better than ever. Yeah, he's, he's glowing. Than ever. Jesus. My God. drop your skincare routine, hon, because you're looking better than ever. You're
0: looking fine, son. Yeah, um will, go that far. I, will, I will say that... Um, yeah, I, I agree with the time jumps. I think we're just not used to it because Game of Thrones obviously takes the War of the Five Kings, whatever, takes place over like five, yeah. four or five years in in that many seasons. Um, you know, George originally toyed with the idea of um, having a huge time jump uh, after Feast or sorry after Storm of Swords, and then it would be like five years later for Feast and and uh, and um, Dance because obviously it's sort of a split book mm. um but he never went he never went through of it because he felt it It was uh too much you know what i mean just to be time jumping um,
1: i'm wondering can you think of any other shows where within a season it moves around time so so much i'm <laughs> not saying years. that in a rude way i'm just saying is there a precedent for it because maybe that's why it makes me so sort of discombobulated um, because it's not something you normally see over like 10 I'm seasons all discombobulated.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> like I actually me can't, watch it. Yeah, so maybe I that's I can't think of. Maybe people like don't that, do really. it because
1: it doesn't always work that well, though.
0: Yeah, I, I genuinely think it, if the show's actually done a very good job considering the time jumps when you've just mm, said it like that, Yeah, like, think about how the episode still made us really like emotional, made us care even though they had these time jumps which isn't, you know, something that really usually um ties you or binds you to the characters that you're watching. Mm. So um Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But anyway, let's have a quick little advert and then we'll jump into the plot of Episode 8, The Lord of the Tides. Hello there. Yes, quick advert just to say um, this season, uh, the support from you lovely listeners has been amazing um we've got lots of new patreons um you know loads of new subscribers and that's absolutely fantastic so thank you very much of course if you do want to subscribe that's fantastic if you want to write in you can write in to us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com and of course like i said there with the lovely patreons you can support us further by going to patreon.com forward slash fancritical and donating some money to us uh monthly You don't have to do much at all. Uh, You get some access to some bonus content. And you also uh, just join the lovely club that supports us making podcasts for you. Because as I've said before, this isn't our main job. This isn't, uh, believe it or not, we are not professional podcasters. Not many people are in the world because um, (laughs) there's only a very, very select few people who can do this as a full-time job. So anything that you donate to us is hugely appreciated uh, isn't that right, Lucy? I yes, really mass- it massively.
1: Um, it makes us feel loved and it also feeds Ooh, us. Yeah, the love. So emotionally and physically because we, you know, Beautiful. Co- cost of living crisis. It ain't no joke. So keep, keep <laughs> it, it ain't coming. no joke, son. But definitely worth you spending your money, your hard-earned money to uh, feed us. <laughs> yes, yes. Desperate podcasters. Think about
0: poor little Gareth. Yeah. Think about him, all right? If I were to describe Gareth to you, he <laughs> is... Tiny, minuscule, wasting away before our very eyes. He yeah? would describe and,
1: himself as average height, but yes, continue lent
0: Yeah. So just think about that. Just picture that. Picture a weak little fella and you see him and he's getting bullied by us all the time. You. Right. That's yeah. the other thing. Well, all of us. So, yeah. Uh, so just think about him and then think, bloody hell, he needs some help. And then go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical, okay? Yes. Thank you, lovely listeners. Donate to the now bullies. Let's...
1: Donate to the people bullying Gaz <laughs> to help him. Yeah,
0: do that. <laughs> do that. All right, let's jump into the plot of episode eight. All right, Luce. We talked about these time jumps, uh, but here we go. My first note is six years on <laughs> from the <laughs> Straight <events> away. <laughs> in episode seven, uh, the House Valarian uh, Succession is threatened when Lord, Lord uh is severely wounded in the Stepstones, which, of course, is a resurgent battle because the tri- Triarchy are back. They're but back, baby. Back
1: at it again. Um,
0: back at it again. But we don't need to see any more crab people, so it's kind of good in a way. Um, and the, the the scene opens with Rainies, uh sitting on the throne, the Driftwood throne, and... Defending Lord Corley's decision that Luceri's uh Valerian, Rhaenyra's second son, should inherit Driftmark. Um, you also see here that Baylor, the one you don't really remember, is <laughs> uh, her granddaughter, so that's Damon and Lena's uh twins, uh Baylor and Rhaena. You see Baylor is here and she is a ward um so that's also interesting to note that that, that always ends she's well with her grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, usually being a ward is a form of no, it's, that's not true. I'd say a form of punishment. Well, it's, it's like a it's hostage.
1: punishment for the other family, isn't it? It's it's if if you do yeah. anything wrong, we have your child. Um That's right. Bear that's that in right. Mind. But
0: they are still raised as like essentially befits someone of their status. Yeah. Um if you remember one of the most famous wards in the Song of Ice and Fire uh story is Theon, mm. Theon Greyjoy, who is a ward of uh Ned Stark, because the Greyjoys rose up, uh tried a rebellion, and then got absolutely decimated mm-hmm. by uh Robert, Ned, all of that lot. So it's interesting to note here that Luceres uh inherits the Driftwood throne because Geseries is the prince of dragonstone which means he is the heir to the iron throne so it passes over him and goes straight to Lyceris. yeah yep second which son
1: another second son
0: second second son yeah there's a lot of kids so dear listeners if you are struggling it's okay i struggle um, <laughs> there's fucking loads i can't believe how many of the kids they've kept in the show <laughs> from the book in fact i think they've only cut one right which is kind of mad when you think about it, really they could have really cut. streamed uh Darren <laughs> <it's> Darian. <laughs> Darren. Darren. Darian. Okay, Darian is better. the way I should pronounce it. He is uh the fourth son of Alicent. So Alicent has no the third son of Alicent and is her fourth child. So she has three children, three children in the show. She's got uh Egon, the second, um Amond, eyepatch Amond, she's got Helena the dreamer and then she uh, also has a, a younger son called Darian who is quite cool in the books but they've got rid of him so it's All what right. it is um it's uh, actually Lord Callis's brother Sir Vaymond Valarion that is petitioning uh, Kings Landing to be named Lord Callis heir proclaiming Lucerys is illegitimate and saying that now a queen rules the seven kingdoms da, da, da.
1: I mean, it's kind of uh, I did
0: ask last week. I asked John, and I asked this to Emma. Uh, I wasn't on, obviously, um, but I did message them. And I said, do you think we're going to see anyone get their tongues cut out? Because obviously last week we had, uh, you know, Viserys claiming that yeah. anyone who mentions the illegitimacy of his kids, his kids, his grandkids, uh, would be have their tongue cut out. What, you know, Do you think we were going to see see something like that this episode Lucy is that what you thought would happen
1: you know what I did but not actually to do with the the treasonous uh, naming of the bastards I thought we are jumping ahead but you asked me so I'm going to tell you I thought Alison was going to cut out have Diana's tongue cut out by what's that creepy little guy Linus is that
0: Laris. Laris
1: (laughs) I thought he was going (laughs) to sidle out with his little scissors Um, but I'm glad he didn't so
0: scissor man um, Sasquatch. We call him Sasquatch <laughs> on this podcast. Bigfoot. So, Bigfoot. Um, talking about that, then, uh, we see that Alison uh, is getting informed, and she is the queen that is now ruling the Seven Kingdoms, by the way. Queen we see that Queen Region, yeah. Essentially, her and Otto are making uh, decisions for the crown because we'll see in a bit that Viserys is fucked. Um, but uh, we see her getting informed that her son, Egon, has been essentially raping servant girls. Um, And we see in this scene, she gives her some gold and what appears to be moon tea. Now, this is interesting. And I want to know where you fall down on this. Do we think that this is actually poison and not moon tea?
1: Ooh. Um... Poison is a woman's weapon, as we know.
0: Oh, that's what the men say in this world.
1: But I don't see why she'd give her gold and then poison her. She could just go drink this and then she's dead. Um, I don't think it's poison. I think it's moon tea. And I think, yeah, I don't think she's really got the guts for anything like that. And good because I I was worried that she was going to do something awful. Um, But I don't think Alison is actually particularly built like that she's not Cersei she's um, well. I don't think well I mean this is me watching it Stop giving things away by saying well um, no no I'm not giving well that, wait till you see <laughs> civil <laughs> war do you see this? Stop talking about civil war giving it away um, I don't I don't think she's got the ruthlessness, and I also think she fucking hates Aegon I think she's like she used, does I don't think she wants him to be king really like as in at this point in the show that we're talking about and she's disgusted by him. So I actually don't think she would be like, well, I'm going to kill the people you're raping. Like, I actually don't think she's got that side to her. Yeah.
0: I thought it's very open to interpretation. I thought the gold was potentially like, you know, making an animal, like when you make an animal feel okay before you slit its throat. <laughs> um, because it's, it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's very interesting. I think it's very interesting. Um, she might be that ruthless she might be genuinely she might um, but
1: we have i don't last that's the thing the last episode i would say yeah she's calling for a fucking kids eye like she's gone absolutely exactly. nuts and then this then 6 years later all that all that rage is gone we don't know where it's gone um she just seems a, a bit calmer she's maybe settled into the role of being queen regent and i and i do think her She's very, got a lot of distaste for her son and his proclivities, but you, you, you're not wrong that yeah. it could it could be poison. It's something I didn't consider, but yeah, it checks out with the, uh, the the weapon of the woman.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, look, I just heard a, uh, read some stuff online where people were questioning it. I genuinely questioned it when I watched it um, because it just felt off to me. Something about yeah, it felt off. It was it was a scene
1: know. where I was expecting something awful to happen to the girl, and I was yeah. like, oh dear. So so maybe. That, that feeling was because, yeah, it was poison.
0: Um, let's talk about Egon the second, Obviously, the first was Egon the Conqueror. Mm. Um, hugely successful individual <laughs> in terms of uh, Westerosi history. And also <laughs> That's the one Targaryen way of dynasty. It. Very entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit, that Egon, yes. Yeah. He, yeah he for- let's say he forged his own path. Influential yeah? figure. Um, th- this Egon. Oh, my God. He is a fucking loser and a horrible, horrible person. Yes. Um, In the books, he is also a massive drunk who does this to the serving girls. Um, He's a total prick. Yeah. Basically. Um, And he sinks into his cups whenever there's issues or, you know, anything going on. He just gets pissed. Um, So it's good to see they've kept that. We see that Alison is wearing the seven pointed star. Yeah. Affirming her and the high tower's affiliation with the new gods. What do you reckon to that?
1: We do not recognise the new gods. I worship the old gods.
0: Lucy, here's a question for you, because I think this sort of missed or was quite swept under the carpet by the episode, and I've heard a lot of people not realise this. Uh do you know who Egon is married to?
1: His sister.
0: Correct. Helena. Yes. Targaryen. That was Well, I didn't um, know if they
1: were actually married but i know they were betrothed in previous episodes
0: well here's this do you know they've got three kids
1: Well, at this point
0: (laughs) yeah (sighs) genuinely
1: stupid okay no i didn't know that
0: so they've got three kids and the only reason you would know that in this episode is because helena walks in and goes where's that serving girl that's supposed to be dressing the children actually
1: yeah i do remember that and i I just didn't clock that yes this would be their children um Mm. that's on me Mm. um No, no, it's
0: not on you. It's not on you. I think the show has not really shown them yet, and hopefully, it will next week. You have uh, they've got two twins, Jaheri's and Jahera.
1: Not a twins, Uh, and they also not a twins going down.
0: Yeah, and also there is there's also twins in this episode, which is interesting. Um, And uh, Maylor is the other kid. Just talking on that twin thing, Lucy, because I haven't actually written it in my notes, but it's good to know that you noticed the twins in the Kingsguard. Um, it's, it gets there's a very interesting story with them, but uh do you know what their names are?
1: No, so the twins the, Se- the twins I meant are Se- Rhaenyra's and yeah. Damon's twins. They're not. Tw- are they not twins? Uh, they're not twins. I'll oh, say so they look exactly the same age to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I spoiled yeah. your little story. Is- Go ahead. No, you haven't. So you remember when Alison gets informed she she's like ah oh, sir eric oh
1: yeah um, yeah 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 yeah
0: and he's like uh, i'm eric your grace
1: <laughs> yeah like, i thought she was just so like two, saying the wrong word
0: two twins in the king's guard sir eric and sir eric good luck with that um they both got long hair be...
1: Looks and beards a bit unusual a bit viking yeah
0: so that's that's something to uh, okay. look out for later in the in the show Tidbit. um so Let's let's kick on. Rhaenyra Day and Damon and their children return to the capital to defend Lucerius' claim. They find Viserys bedridden bedridden and disfigured. Um Sad. Sad, in it.
1: Going outside.
0: It this is like me hung over in the morning I said this in a hot take like this the way Viserys looks is how I feel sometimes yeah, that's genuinely. how
1: I felt last week just like <sighs> deprived of life uh, blood
0: his like breathing is so like fucked up mm. in this episode like you know the, his, the sound design was actually very good his
1: teeth and he had little golem hands Like I feel like his hands were CGI oh. they were so skinny and spindly
0: Jesus I'll tell you what It better be CGI later When you see him Getting his leechings done Or whatever oh, Because he's skinny yeah. As fuck Jesus um, Crazy to think Lucy He's only 55 Who Viserys
1: here. Oh gosh Yeah I saw something on Twitter that? Which I think Now I think Can't be right That said Kristen is supposed To only be like Five years younger Than Viserys Is that Incorrect
0: Oh god Now you're really Testing me
1: um, Consider the time jumps And where he he hasn't aged a day.
0: No, I think he's he's like forty or something. I don't know
1: what at this at this point. Sorry, listeners. Sorry. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Right. Okay.
0: Renir is like thirty three at this point, or something. So
1: okay, so he was always a bit older than that. Stop
0: asking me about ages because then people are going to write in and they're going to be like, oh, oh, Len was wrong. She's, actu- she's actually 34. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. This, this, is, this is what concerns me when
1: I watch it. I'm like, how oh, well, we'll old approximately <laughs> are they?
0: <laughs> You're like, let's get Len in trouble. Let's yeah. ask him all these specific things." <laughs> put put him on the spot. So he, can set- so he can look like a fucking moron and then we'll kick on. No. Um, okay, so this was interesting, obviously, for Sarah's, bless him. We'll talk about his performance in a bit because uh, we'll 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 talk about that when we talk about the throne room scene. Um, But man, he's not looking good. He's not looking copus mentis. Um, This is where we begin to see just how tragic his life is. To be honest, Um, does Damon suspect that his tea is being slowly poisoned potentially?
1: Definitely, and it is. I think if I think it is, you look at his teeth. They're, look at a state of him. They're for so fuck's rotten age. because I think he's constantly absorbing things that are just not good for his teeth either. Like the milk of the poppy is like rotting his teeth. Um, <laughs> and I think he's getting <laughs> it's more like coffee. Yeah. He's getting more than he he needs to, and that's why he's deteriorated. I mean he's always, you know, on his way out, but yeah, he's yeah. shouldn't um, really still be alive and look like that. That shouldn't really be possible.
0: Yeah, there is a suspicion in the books that his tea is slowly being poisoned uh or at least something is potentially in his tea The rumor once again rumor and hearsay rumor has and it. sort of debunked by the guy who's writing the book the maester who's writing the book um they introduce their children so reneira and damon now have children the one that you thought the ones that you thought were twins yeah um i'm pretty sure they're not twins uh, i'm going to ask you how old Avon. they
1: are how old are they <laughs> oh, then? oh fucking hell. <laughs>
0: Uh there's Egon the Younger and he's called Egon the Younger because uh we've obviously got the other Egon. That was a stupid so decision.
1: Te- I mean, really what was well, looking at it, but-
0: huge decision. Huge decision because and I said this to Gareth in the hot take, and we'll talk about it now. In the book, this is a huge point of contention for Alison really despising Rhaenyra mm. because the moment that her and Damon have a child. They call it Egon, obviously, as a slight to her calling her firstborn son with Viserys as Egon. So you have this situa- situation where you've got Egon the second and Egon the younger, or Egon the older and Egon the younger. And um, it's a huge issue for Alison. She fucking hates Rhaenyra for doing that. Yeah. Right? Um, so you say it's a weird decision, it's actually very calculated uh, by Rhaenyra. To um, belittle her Egon. you mm. know, she believes that you know, this is the her, air, her Egon, Egon is... yeah, although it's not well, really, is he's it? Not, uh, he's not even an no, air. The air, they have about eight no, kids, but he's he's the purest blood, you know what I mean? So it's interesting. Um, and the other one is called Viserys, and I thought that was quite sweet because he's like, Oh, he'll make a fight, that's a king's name. Yeah. I was like, Oh. Aw. It's nice, isn't it? And he loves his grandchildren
1: like so much more than he loves his other kids. Like his, his other <laughs> his, his sons, kids. he just cannot stand <laughs> them. <sighs> he cannot even be bear to think about them. But he loves his little grandkids. Oh, I love his series.
0: It's kind of like uh, you know when you're naming. You know, like if you, you, well, you do know you've had to have a kid and then I've you've had got to. All these baby names planned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got these baby names planned, and then then. You, someone just gives birth just before you and then they're like, oh, you take your name. And yeah, it's,
1: it is that thing of, oh, can you really have the same name as someone in your kind of social circle? And I mean, yeah, yeah. you can, but it, it, you could, can. it could be awkward. And this turns out to be quite a bad decision. We shall see.
0: Um, when Vaemond, Valerion, reaches the Red Keep, Rhaenyra proposes an arrangement to gain Princess Rhaeny's support. She also implores Viserys to defend her succession quoting egg on the conqueror's dream um so i thought the scene where she was like pleading with him when he's basically in this lucid not very lucid sorry dream state um while there's like a storm lashing outside i thought that was quite like powerful
1: it was it was quite uncomfortable it's like your dad's really ill and as much as this is important you're just like can you wake up hello hello Remember to say this. <laughs> remember what was said about uh, Lucerus. Your, your eyes have rolled back into your head. No, listen. It's like oh, he's. <laughs> it's like give him a moment for pity's sake.
0: Yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, quote there. Boromir.
1: Always, yeah? always Boromir. Different show.
0: <laughs> always Boromir. A different show, different time. Um, I think this next scene is unbelievable now there are not many shows or instances where i would think an old man walking or hobbling staggering if you will toward from like point a to point b um would make me cry didn't think that would happen unless you're watching like Up or something because that really gets me every time. Yeah.
1: What about in um, uh, in Pearl Harbor when um, fuck uh, that film, Lucy. Uh, Roosevelt film terrible. Gets out of his uh, wheelchair and goes and starts walking. He goes, "Don't tell me it can't be done." So yeah, it's probably pretty much the same. That film
0: <laughs> is an abomination. Yeah, so good. Sorry, I mean, I I, I just think that film was terrible. Of course, but, every, you know, everybody anyway. does.
1: I was just okay. Good. Taking the and piss.
0: Maybe put it on a sort of, how the fuck have you not seen that? Although we have all seen it, but I bet John hasn't seen it or something. Um, so, yeah, basically the moment of, of them all at court pleading to Otto, who's sitting in the chair as Hand of the King, as ruling regent in a way, uh, giving their cases for wh- who should rule Driftmark and become Lord of the Tides, control the Valerian free- fleet. And, you know, this isn't just just a bit of historical context this seat being the lord of driftmark and the Valerians, is hugely significant to war okay because they have the biggest fleet in the realm right and as we know ships are extremely important in the world of of uh, you know planetos essos and westeros and uh, a song of ice and fire so whoever you know if if Vaymond were to become the Lord, he was basically pledging his allegiance to the high towers, Mm -hmm. you know, huge. Uh, Rhaenyra and Daemon would be fucked. They would have no sea power at all. So this is interesting. Just when you think Rhaenyra's cause is lost, uh, the doors open and Viserys makes that heroic Mm. uh, stride towards the throne. Um, yeah, like I said, the music was fantastic. Did you like the scene, Luce? I, th- I thought it was so touching.
1: Yes. Um. I mean, I'm not a royalist. I don't think we should have a royal family. But when I saw yeah. Otto on that fucking throne and Viserys came in, I was like, Get, fuck off that throne, mate. The king is here. Yeah. This is where he sits. Get fucking off of it. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I felt very, come on. We need a ruling class in this country country being Westeros (laughs) not England Um, yeah I thought I was very moving you know he 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 did it for his daughter he loves her and he's if that was to be his last stand you know so be it he yeah and you could tell he's not even annoyed like why are you doing this without me like yeah this is still my seat I still have a final Mm -hmm. say why are we still talking about this again I'll tell you this is how it's going to be Luceris is going to be the heir to the Driftmark throne um, I found it quite moving when Damon was the one to help him back up and put his, crown, yeah. put his crown back on his head.
0: Do you want to hear an interesting fact about that, Luz? I think I already uh, know it,
1: but tell the audience. Improvised.
0: Yeah. It's improvised, yeah. So the crown fell off um, when they were shooting and Matt Smith just went and grabbed it and put it on Viserys' head and they were like, fuck me, that's good. Mm. <laughs> so they kept it in. Keep that because it was it was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Yeah, keep that. It was. Um, you think about how many times they've well, essentially, Vasseries has banished Damon twice in this in this very throne room. He's had a dagger to his throat at one point. yeah you he know, kicked him uh, on the floor, he kicked him while he was pissed and mm-hmm. Um and yet Damon is here, and he he, he obviously feels sorry for his brother. He yeah. wouldn't when you see him yeah, in the state of that he's in. And he's he's always um,
1: been a good man, even if considered a weak man.
0: That's right. And I think he has that respect for him. And he has the respect for him for what he's done there to get to the throne to help out him and Rhaenyra. Um, you know, I I actually really like Damon in this episode, but we'll, we'll get on to that a bit later. Um, Vaymond here uh, after Viserys is like, look, why the fuck are we talking about this? Yeah. I've I'm told still you, this is mental. This, yeah. uh, he loses it. Mm, he loses his yeah, head, in a way. Proper. Um <laughs> I've said this in the hot take, but I watched it again, obviously. And the way that Damon goads him into this is delicious. He's like, say it. He's
1: dying to say do it. it, isn't he? He just wants to oh, like, remove his head.
0: Itching at, well, that's the thing, like... People have said like, how can Damon do this at court? Um well, this is a bit different to when Sir Kristen just beat someone to <laughs> M- a bloody pulp at a someone, wedding. Yeah. Um a has um tre done a treasonous act here, something that has been outlawed by the king, but also questioning uh, the future queen. Um so beheading him is harsh but totally fair <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> You um, mean he
1: would have he would have been executed for treason, so he just did it a bit quicker. Yeah,
0: he would have had his tongue removed at the bare minimum. Um, I love the bit where Viserys gets up and go, gets the dagger and he's like, oh, I'll have your tongue for that. That was actually awesome. And then when Damon goes, chops his head off and goes, You can keep your tongue because he's actually just left his head. His tongue little tongue, his
1: tongue still flopping out. Ugh.
0: I was like, Fucking hell, that is amazing. You also see Amond here get very excited. Yeah. He's loving a bit of uh, violence.
1: He's loving a bit of Damon, I think. I think he's thinking... Well... I don't know, either guys want to be him, other guys want to be with him, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Or kill him, you know? Yes. Or, you know...
1: Or, or all of the above.
0: The Damon and Amond rivalry is there to see just in visual terms, you know, look at them.
1: They're similar they look. looking, yeah. He could be a son. Like
0: purebore. They look like Targaryens. You know, they are the most Targaryen on this show, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so it's it's there to see. In the books, I've written here that Rhaeny- Rhaenyra actually sends Daemon to kill Vaemond, um because of the slanders that have been written. And uh, Daemon beheads him and then feeds his body to Rhaenyra's dragon, Cyrax. So take that, dickhead. Yeah. Um, Waste not, want not. It, you know what? You know, obviously they're they're saying the right things because obviously the kids are bastards. But it, it, when you see the that that Jace and Luke and and Luce are, are just nice kids, they're fucking good kids. Yeah, you know, I'm just like also. Can you leave
1: these kids alone. I said this Please. before. Okay, they're bastards, but they are her children, and if she's the heir to the throne, then they're heirs to the throne. Really, really, well, and yeah, truly. But
0: any. You can't be if you're a bastard, well, but yes. Um I mean... As we know.
1: They couldn't have children because he was gay. So what was she supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, which, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Which could have brought shame onto the Valerian house anyway, Mr. Veyman. So why don't you actually look ahead of yourself for like two steps and see the end game? But no, when yeah, you it think about yourself...
0: It is, it is stupid here that he thinks that his line is ended... If Lucerius takes over the Driftwood Throne, um, because it's not Baylor and Ra- and Rayna are there, mm. and the twins, and they are Valyrian. They are Damon and Lena's children. You can see they're Valyrian. You know, look at them. They are Valyrians. Um, so it's absolutely ridiculous that he thinks that. Oh, you know. Also, I've also said in my notes here. Why is he being such a dick? He could just go marry someone and make more heirs. You know, more, more Valyrians. Yeah. What's what's this fucking problem?
1: Like Lord Corliss anyway, Lord it- Callis said, "I want Luke to be my heir. That's that. Your opinion's actually not relevant. So fuck off." And he did. So good.
0: Mm. Um, I've put here, you know, after that fantastic scene, uh, Viserys obviously requests that all his family gather for a lovely dinner. Um, what what could go wrong? <sighs> hey, um, soup's cold. The moment. Damn. <laughs> this is ruined. (laughs) Gaspacho. (laughs) Um, The moment Viserys comes in and removes his Phantom of the Opera mask. Love the
1: mask, by the way. Uh, Big fan. Yeah. Big fan of Phantom. Love it.
0: He he gives a very rousing speech uh, with every fibre of his being uh, that he had left to give. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, God bless him. He sort of, for a brief moment in time, heals the realm and fixes all of the issues for a few minutes and you get a sense that it might be okay you know (laughs) he look he looks around the room i mean i mean looks with his with his one eye or whatever but he he just he sees this these events before him like helena's dancing with jace and People are laughing at the table with each other and there's a bit of reconciliation and he's like, This is all I've ever wanted. Yeah. He you know? seems
1: very content. And then um Alison just gets him removed. <laughs> it's like, Can you come and just remove him <laughs> without his say so? Take him. Just take him away. Take him out him out of here.
0: Um I think we could talk about Viserys now, like, you know, in terms of Paddy's performance and um like with the speech and everything yes he's I, you know been fantastic. I, i'd be amazed if he doesn't get a emmy next season uh next year because he has been not just throughout this episode but throughout this season been fantastic and um it's baffling to me if he doesn't minimum get a nomination yeah um, he, because I think this he performance will. was top notch yeah it was honestly like I know you talk about that hyperbole hyperbolic tweet that you shared on the group where it was like this is one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones content ever and it's got one of the best performances i've no, ever seen. No he said the best will... Game of
1: Thrones performance which i don't agree okay,
0: with. Okay yeah. I don't think it's the best Game of Thrones performance that I've ever seen. However, I will say it is up there. It is a very good performance. It's fantastic, um,
1: it, and it it completely grounds the show. It completely gives you, um, well, he's just given him a. Re- it's like a real person. He's he's given him humanity and character and mm. someone to root for in this fucking dark world. Um, yeah, and he, yeah, he he imbued so much personality and just warmth into the character and um john sent us a tweet didn't he um of an interview with of paddy talking about how he was actually influenced by his mother when performing this role because his mother um mm. was a very, very sad. loved her family and was a very warm and caring person but she suffered from diabetes which eventually took her sight and her legs which is absolutely awful um and he, and he mentions the sort of seeing her succumb to this disease and to to die like that but without ever losing her warmth and her sense of humanity, and how he imbued that in Viserys, and 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 reading that, seeing that, you think, yeah, I can definitely see that this has come from somewhere real because that's probably why it's mm. had such an impact on all of us. Like whatever we think of the show, like no one can um, put down his performance or critique it because I just think he's real. I mean, I've I've been a fan fan girl for of Viserys from the start, and yeah, yeah, he got a T-shirt and everything. Really, am hashtag. <laughs> Team Viz, he yeah he Team he really really accomplished something special with their performance, and I think elevated the show in my opinion. And we will never see his yeah, like I mean, again.
0: And we will never see his like again. um No, yeah, he he has been the rock throughout the season, like I said earlier. And like I think the show is gonna have a huge hole to fill. The you know we we'll talk about it at the end of the episode, but. Just, yeah. you know, he was the character I actually cared about the most. And look, he's, he's a very tragic character, like I said. Like, think about his life. He's trying to do something that's never been done before. He's trying to set a precedent. Yeah. He's trying to essentially just build a family that all gets along with each other. And he's a good man. And I said this in the in the hot take, like, we can't be mad at him for being a good man. No. You know, someone who in his position you don't usually see that, you know, you you have ruthless kings, you have to have a ruthless streak about you, whether you're a kind king or not. Or you see whether even your king Elisar, you know, or you know, Elisar in Lord of the Rings or whatever, you know, you're not you still you still gotta have a ruthless edge. Or if you see I think it was
1: sorry, but the most interesting thing about the portrayal, and it's the writing as well, is that I fully expected him to become under the sway of Alicent, um, like a Lady mm. Macbeth type thing. She'd poison him, um, well, not literally, but get poison in his ear about Ooh. naming Egon as the heir, and he just never changed. He's just like, no, I love Rhaenyra, and it, I think in his heart, he was like, she would actually be a good queen, so um, I'm not going to go against my gut feeling for someone I don't even know yet because you know obviously before Egon was born then when Egon is here he is terrible so why would he want him to be here when he knows Rhaenyra Mm. and he knows what she's capable of good and bad um but that was really good because I I was very much expecting him to just end up being like no I'm changing my mind because wife got in his ear and that never happened he stayed true to the end and and I think that's really admirable and I love him.
0: Definitely admirable. Uh, and uh, I am going to miss him a lot. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, after it seems like he's healed the realm for all of those two minutes that I talked Yay. about. Um, he gets dragged away from the dinner, as you have mentioned. <laughs> Just take it. Um, get rid of him. Get him out of here. Remove Look the at, king. He's, disgust- he's disgusting. Look at his face. Oh, Fuck. Um, and Eamon then gets up and gives a very famous toast from the books, uh, the Strong Boys Toast. Um, Mm. And this is just how I imagined it would be. Um, Now, we've got a little bit of a division within the podcast. And that is that um, we're we're split on Eamon, in a way. Now, I love him. I think this actor is... Uh, I think you, you and intriguing. Gareth
1: fancy him. You're like sexually attracted to him. We're, we're kind Listening of sexually to the, attracted the hot to him. Yeah. Take. Not that that's a problem. Striking, no, a striking it's
0: not fellow. This, no, he is striking fellow. But we're also just intrigued by him. We're 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 genuinely like this guy. He's got an aura. You know what I mean? And John is of the opinion that it's gone too far. I think his opinion is he's gone too. Gaz called him a Bond villain, and I think John has said that yeah, that's the issue. It's gone too far that way. Where do you fall down on Aim and Lucy?
1: Um, my initial issue was just age wise. Like if you see him against Luceris, it's like, I, that doesn't make sense with with the last iterations, the last actors. But actually I think Aim the, the, the casting, I've I've seen the guy in something else, um, a BBC drama called World on Fire, which also featured Friends of the Pod and Game of Thrones alumni, Sean Bean. Um, I think he's only 20 years old as well, actually, so he probably fits to the character of Eamon. But yeah, I think yep. you immediately see that this guy... It's quite good because it's, it's shorthand for the storytelling. We've missed, obviously, all of his life since he imprinted on Vega. Um, But you really see how that boy turned into this man because of that dragon. Mm. Because if you you know, mm. if you kind of can gain control of Vegar, no one can tell you shit. Like, no one's, like can do anything to you and he, you can really see that trait in him that he he now kind of feels he's got nothing to prove and he's kind of untouchable and to do that without really much dialogue which i actually thought was really good um yeah. he's definitely got an unsettling malevolent presence and i just thought is he gonna fucking kill everyone in this room like is he gonna kill these kids he's just staring at Luceris. i was like oh fuck what's gonna happen well, obviously
0: luke Luke took his eye. Exactly. And so. y- you
1: do have to say about that. I know he says, oh, it's a fair exchange. I've got a dragon. It's like there was no consequences um, for the children doing that. And I know he started it, but literally nothing happened to them for taking his eye. Yeah. Which is not great parenting. Ta-
0: Technically, the other kids started it because all he did was claim a dragon, which is yeah. t- fair game, he was, he really. He um, was throwing punches at the girls. Yeah. Come on.
1: Um, but no, I, that is out of I, order, am, I'm intrigued yeah. by him also. And I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. And it, it kind of puts you on notice that, yeah, this is a character that's going to do something. And you, you know that anyway, really, because he's, oh, he's got Vega. But obviously, I have no idea. Um, but in a way that's much different to Aegon, who is just quite, it just seems like a one note. Rapist, just a bit of a prick. Uh, whereas, yeah, I thought, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by Eamon.
0: Well, he's serious opposition for Team Black because obviously we've talked about this the Greens and the Blacks and Team Green, yeah, um, have some formidable uh people on their team now. They've obviously got Sir Kristen who has beaten Damon already at Tourney. You've got Eamon, who has just beat Sir Kristen. You see that in the yard early this episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kristen um, swinging that fucking mace around. I was like, you could literally take his face off, star. whatever.
0: Yeah, but that's not yeah. something
1: you train with, no. Like with a person there, <laughs> so I could take his other <laughs> no, eye off and half his face. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> you
0: shouldn't be training with that. Yeah, you shouldn't be training with those uh, those actual weapons. No. Um, He's also riding Vega, obviously, Eamon, that you've talked about, who is essentially the largest dragon in the world. She is absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're just trying to fuel the fire for this Damon and Eamon rivalry because after he gives this strong speech, calling them strong boys, uh, Jace hits him and then they have to break up another fight. So the lovely piece of the realm is is Shattered. Over. And although you see uh, Alison and Reneira hold each other's hands tenderly like they did as children mm. because there actually is a little bit of uh, reconciliation there.
1: You know, there genuinely is it's definitely um, a softening of relations because I, I think with yeah. Alison and I think Reneira recognizes it like she has cared for the king. Like you do get the impression that even if she it's not love, like she does have a sense of duty, she has looked after him. Like I know there's rumours that she's poisoning him, but I, I, I do get that she cares about him. Um, and, you know, Rhaenyra hasn't yep. been there. She's not been there, but Alison has. So that has to be kind of remembered. And yeah, it seemed like there was a thawing of um, relations. It seemed genuine to me and it was quite touching. And I thought, can't you just be friends again like you were when you were kids? Yeah, can't they? it's
0: all brief. It's all brief because obviously what happens at the end of this episode is going to change the course of Westeros um and it's I have a huge issue with Alison and Rhaenyra sort of reconnecting here um it makes what's about to happen feel very unbelievable
1: your dog just came in yeah <laughs> <laughs> my horse <laughs> yes um, the steed,
0: listeners it's 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 a great dane. she just appeared behind me um so essentially, my steed, yes. Mm. Um, no, I have a problem with Alison and and Rhaenyra reconnecting here because it just it doesn't feel right to me. Um, at this point, it's full hatred, you know. Mm. Like I talked about with the kids being named the same, um, Eamon losing his eye. Like this is stuff that doesn't just get solved, you know. Because we haven't and seen
1: any of the interim years, it's easier no, just to forget that, which I think is a is a weakness of these time imagine parts.
0: how much more it festers when they're apart from each other mm you get what yeah, i mean yeah but they you, seemed you
1: know. like she was a bit sniffy with her but generally like uh, Rhaenyra's speech was seemed genuine and and so did um Alison's. Yeah,
0: no look... Like, I'm not criticising the performance or anything. I just, from my perspective, I think it's going to seem like a bit of a fucking 180 in a minute. All right. (laughs) Um, So just get ready. Um, So this is the the last scene is is, is Viserys um, near death. I've written in his bed uh, after a fantastic performance for Paddy All episode uh, starts muttering uh, or spewing uh, parts of Egg on the Conqueror's dream, Mm. a song of ice and fire to Alicent, mistaking her for Rhaenyra. Uh, And Alicent interprets it to mean her son, Aegon, is the prince that was promised. Mm -hmm. Now, I have issue. This is the only part of the episode, really, really genuinely, like this last scene, where I'm like, I really don't like it. Um,
1: Interesting.
0: Because... And we've talked about this already. Can you stop fucking talking about Song of Ice on Fireplace? Can you stop saying it? Can you stop <laughs> saying it? Right? No. Um, it just feels so heavy-handed. But also, there's a couple of things at play here. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Because this, to me, is open to interpretation. What I've read there is not necessarily the interpretation of what Alison believes. Do you think... That Allison now believes Egon is the prince that was promised because of this sort of disjointed um, prophecy that he's just recounted to her. Or do you think that she thinks that Viserys chose Rhaenyra because of this weird dragon prophecy that she doesn't believe in? So therefore, she's definitely going to assert Egon as heir. Which one do you think it is?
1: I think it could be a third option. Um... She, presumably, Ooh, she doesn't know. She doesn't know the uh, prophecy, does she? She's not aware of it.
0: No, but she—that's the first time she's heard. I think to do she's with it.
1: just so. What he says it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, we've obviously heard that stupid phrase "Song of Ice and Fire" a few times in the season, so we know what it means. I think she's just thinking he has changed his mind, and is just saying on. and she's going. I'm not going to think too much about that. I'm going to run with it. I think she's just going to take advantage of the fact that he said the word egon um before he died. I don't think it's, it's yeah. I don't think it's much deeper than that um because there's not really any way she could he could, she could get much sense out of what he said without having any prior knowledge of the prophecy
0: yeah yeah it's there's a couple of things here that well that that that, that way makes it seem like I can accept it maybe mm. um my big issue is and i will be fascinated to know in the next episode because if she walks up to like otto and says he told me about this prophecy yeah and egon has to be on the throne or something along those lines i'm going to lose my mind because there is no way that this is a motivating factor for the greens yeah yeah and their pursuit to put egon on the throne, because it just it, it, honestly it would go so far against my interpretation, and I think a lot of readers' interpretations of the books that it's just ridiculous. You know, you even see Alison here with the seven pointed star and this whole idea that she's bringing the new gods into the Red Keep, which is a huge issue. Um, obviously, Damon and Reneira take issue with it, um, but the High Towers are obviously massively aligned to the new gods. They wouldn't believe, you know, some old god dream some uh, Valyrian god prophecy. Um, so there's no way she would believe anything like this. The the thing that I said to Gareth in the hot take was she's looking for anything to justify putting Egon yeah, on the throne. Yeah, that's,
1: that's how I read it, is that he said some garbled shit, Egon's name has come up, and she's like, right, that's yeah. that then.
0: Him again. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> which one which again? again? <laughs> um, so I yeah.
1: think that's where it comes from i don't think it's because it, as you say like i hadn't thought of it like that because obviously having not read the books um everyone's motivations are maybe not as clear to me but yeah the idea of the greens being like yeah we've got to make this prophecy come true doesn't really make any sense i think she's op- opportunistic um and she's you know she has heard what he's said she's heard her son's name and she thinks right now that he's completely lost sense of his faculties and he's saying this yeah. I'll I'll take this as as written, and uh, this is gospel, and now my son has to be king.
0: Yeah, and we're going to see how that unfolds next week, because uh, we assume Viserys is dead here at the end of the episode, yeah.
1: (laughs) Fate of Black, no, he's back again. No, I think he's dead.
0: Yeah. It's very sweet that he he sort of says, my love, and he's talking about Emma, obviously. Yeah. he uh, obviously died in the first episode. Uh, I thought that was very tender and I think that wraps a fantastic season from Paddy. Yeah. Who MVP in this episode was MVP and in the season I think will go down as MVP. For sure. I don't think there's any you know the one thing that the time jumps have allowed is for the actors who have stayed the same to really stand out and he has been one of them. Mm-hmm. So um well done Paddy. Well done to you uh, sir. You may now rest. Yeah. Rest it. you earned it. little Paddy. Rest. You bloody have earned it. All right, Luce, that's the end of the episode. So we're going to quickly move on to some feedback. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, then we'll get some rest ahead of what is going to be, you know, fucking mental two episodes, I reckon. Um, of course, you can write into us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. You can interact with us on social media channels. Also, at uh, fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have... Gone a little bit over. Just two of us. We've always gone over time. Unbelievable. Always happens. Um but we've got some f- always happens. Uh we've got some feedback from uh Christopher, who has said uh he's our resident um title ah, yes. uh, section viewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Because uh as you know listeners we've talked about this sometimes i skip the titles these days because it annoys me i always that they skip use it the same so music.
1: christopher watches it so we don't have to so i rate you for that christopher thank you for your service
0: cheers mate yeah uh he says more bloodlines drawn in the opening sequence uh from Damon and rhaenyra to their two new children and egon's kids with helena um, I know you've been skipping the intro So, so yeah, just maybe know.
1: maybe I would have known that Had I bothered to watch it But you know, time is money <laughs> so.
0: It sounds like we're lazy But I will tell you, I genuinely am still annoyed Okay, about the music Yeah, thing. I don't want to hear it Okay, I love the music of Game of Thrones But I just wanted something new And it really frustrates me um, Jason uh, has been in touch um, On email Thank you very much uh, and it said, I've read Fire and Blood and I'm obsessed with all the main novels. I'm a huge fan of Dawn uh, and I'm desperate for Gurham to finish The Winter of Winter, as we all are, of course. Um, I'm glad your podcast has people who've read the books and can provide excellent nuanced analysis. Yeah. So the nuance comes yeah, from so me. So what about the others? Uh, what do we provide? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, Lucy, Lucy's staying unsullied with the books, because uh, w- w- not with the books, she's obviously read Song of Ice and Fire multiple times, but she's staying unsullied with Fire and Blood because we've decided that for this podcast, having a mixture of me, John and Emma, who have read the books, and Lucy and Gaz, who haven't read the books, uh, makes for some very interesting analysis, yeah. in my opinion. I'm the
1: mouthpiece um, for the common man who doesn't always understand things right. or know who people's that's names right. are, but, you know, who tries, okay? There are dozens tries, of yeah. us. And I stand for They're you. Like, there's
0: a lot of people out there. To be fair, there's fucking loads of people who haven't read Fire and Blood. Because I guarantee, I guarantee to you, people pick it up, right? People will go People will go to the shop and they'll pick up Fire and Blood and they'll go, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. That show was really good, yeah? This is going to be really interesting. They're going to have to read about 300 pages, before they even get to A Dance of Dragons. Oof, skip ahead. And <laughs> and before they get there, there's just going to be like, and then this Targaryen ruled at Dragonstone for five years. Then he went on a ship. Then he did this. It's just like, it's just like, you know, some of it is dry. Okay. So some people, <laughs> some people are going to read it and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? So um, in a way, uh, pretty much a lot of the listeners will be like you, Lucy. Um, Jason's gone to say, one thing I'm curious to get your thoughts on is the whole incest thing. Like, I get that you'll find it disgusting, given our social and no- uh, normal societal norms and legal stuff, but I guess I just don't find it a huge deal because this is a totally fictional world, and it's the Targaryens. In the world that Gurum has created, this is perfectly acceptable, and what they've been doing for over 100 years. Aegon married both of his sisters, Jaehaerys married Alysanne, and so forth, and so on I'm, I'm not sure why uh, we have <laughs> why we've got so much venom <laughs> when we discuss the incest thing um, um, Jason
1: I, I would say it's not so much the incest it's more the grooming when we're talking about Damon and Rhaenyra and the fact that he kind of targeted her from a young that age true. Um, that and the true. actresses has, themselves have mentioned it as grooming that's what makes me uncomfortable because I could watch Jamie and, and uh, Cersei and just think yeah they love each other big deal and their brother and sister, whereas it's the fact that he, yeah, groomed her from a young age, which makes me uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I will say that in this world, uh, being groomed at a young age, in this fictional world, is completely par for the course. You know, you have wives who are sometimes six or seven but years that old. That
1: doesn't mean that you know, we, we have to go, well, it was fine at the time. It's not a real time. It doesn't exist. <laughs> no, and I, know. I, know, I, know, we, I know. It's I know. hard not to watch it with your modern day morals. Um, and Yeah. I it's the yeah, underage ness th- of it all.
0: I think my biggest issue with it is and look, I've got no issue with it in terms of the actual story, because if anything, I'm actually a Targaryen um, incest shipper. But I actually hmm. really like uh I like Rhaenyra and Damon together in the book. I like John and Danny. Um I like I like the that that is okay it sits fine with me, okay? Um I actually don't even mind Aegon marrying his sisters. <laughs> like, you God. know, because it's quite a cool, st- it's quite a cool story. They dominate, you know, Westeros with the dragons. Uh, my big issue and I think John's issue and I think uh, a lot of our issues that they were talking about last week is just how people on Twitter are like talking about these incestuous moments so fucking tenderly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're like, it's just so romantic. It's like, come on guys, it's not fucking romantic. It's just, it's, it's cool that they're together. And uncle is but we don't fucking his fucking... niece.
1: He's much younger <laughs> We don't niece. have to
0: ham it up we just don't have to ham it up on Twitter that's what we're saying we're not saying that we disagree with it in the fictional world because we all agree with it I think we'd all say it makes perfect sense especially from a Targaryen lineage point of view but I think it's the Twitter and the social media reaction you know fan sites and that sort of stuff it's just a bit much isn't it Um, that's my biggest issue with it he also said uh, he's shifting with Harwin and Rhaenyra Uh, I know it's dumb but their interaction um, with the kids in episode 6 absolutely broke my heart um, and I agree, Harwin was fucking cool and obviously dead too I early. would have liked to have seen uh,
1: more of him rather than him just being like the perfect man in one episode and then, then yeah. dying.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would have definitely liked to see more of him as well. Uh, he says, great job on the podcast. Um, He's subscribed and will listen to the end of House of the Dragon, which hopefully won't be for many years. Um, and I don't think it will be. I think it will be four seasons, potentially, loose. So... True.
1: We'll see. We will see. May
0: the, may the reign of the Targaryens continue for many more years to come. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're about to it's about to kick off isn't it. We've just had the prologue, basically, because right now shit is gonna go down next week, and I cannot wait to be joined uh, by you, of course, Lucy, and more of the fan critical group who obviously could not be here today. Um, you know, one of Bronze John, Lady Emma, uh, and little Sir Gareth when he gets back from oh. And you just
1: knighted Gareth. You just called oh, him no. Sir Gareth. Oh. Oh, congratulations, oh, no. Gaz, on your ascension oh, tonight. No. Can't take that um, back. Don't edit that out. I'll tell him. This. I'm gonna tell him. This <sighs> This
0: is a point of contention that we will have to address. That is a, a Freudian slip of the tongue. I mean, he's done nearly the whole me?
1: season as your cupbearer. I think you can promote him tonight.
0: Yeah. Remove my tongue. Viserys, cut my <laughs> tongue out and don't let me ever speak those words again uh no Lucy. we will discuss this with um that person we just <laughs> talked about i can't say <laughs> my cupbearer mm-hmm. um yeah we'll talk about that next week anyway lucy thank you for joining thank me, you, Len. uh to talk about this episode i think we've uh successfully deep dived it and as i said next week's going to be hectic so please do tune in for our hot take and of course our deep dive uh, share the podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash fan Let us know your thoughts. Email fan podcast at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. We will return next week for episode nine, which has already got a title, Lucy. It's called The Green Council. Ooh. So make of that what, does that what mean? you will. I mean, shit's going to go down. Anyway, thanks, Luce. Thanks, lovely thank listeners. You we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.